African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. A very good morning to you on this Thursday and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You are tuned into Channel Africa from an African perspective. My name is Asanda Matsawanyane, driving the show today, and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31st meter band to Southern Africa. The business of today, we're discussing politically motivated violence that has reportedly fled up in Zimbabwe. Now, politically motivated violence has reportedly fled up in Zimbabwe in recent months as the Southern African nation gears up for presidential polls in 2018, that's according to a report. According to Bloomberg, a rights group called the Zimbabwe Peace Project claimed at least 745 people were attacked in August alone, up from 435 in July. The group alleged that about 94% of the attacks were carried out by the ruling ZANU-PF party and the country's security forces. So to help us unpack this violence and this topic ahead of the 2018 polls, we joined on the line uh, by Simbarashe Herbert Stanley Makoni, a Zimbabwean politician. We welcome you to, Af- to uh, African Dialogue. Thank you very much, oh, as uh, Simbarashe is uh, also a, was a candidate for the tw- uh, March 2008 presidential election against uh, the incumbent Robert Mugabe, and also he was Minister of Finance and Economic Development in President Robert Mugabe's cabinet. That was from 2000 to 2002. We also welcome Justice Moyo. How are you doing? Good morning. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us, and he is Secretary General of the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions. And then our third guest uh, is Clement Ngube, who is Chairperson of the Alliance, Mosi O.A. Unya. Hi, uh, Clement. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thanks, and how are you? Okay. Let me start with you, uh, Justice. Uh, in terms of, you know, when we look out on the African continent uh, before elections or even after elections, this seems to be the norm. It, you know, it, we see this in Kenya, we saw this in Uganda, we're seeing it now in Togo with the upcoming elections. So, and I mean, even arguably South Africa has experienced this, especially in the provincial branches when it comes to pre-elections. So is this therefore a surprise if we're looking at it in, on the African continent? And if it's not a surprise, why are we not prepared uh, more to deal with such violence? Justice? Jusset, sorry. Jafet. Jusset. Jafet. Um, I, I will concentrate on mostly on Zimbabwe because uh, this has been happening over the past um, two decades or so that uh, when we approach the elections we see this uh, violence cropping up. Uh, the unfortunate side is that um, um, the players or people who are, point, who are involved in this is uh, the state itself. Um, we see people who um, uh, close to the ruling party, we see the state institutions, we see the police, 
And uh, we have seen this being copied in other African countries, uh, but uh, in Zimbabwe it does not uh, um, surprise us that uh, we see this thing uh, coming up every time we have an election. Yeah, because, I mean, even, uh, you know, there was violence uh, in the 1985 polls being arguably the, the, mo- the worst. But in Zimbabwe, uh, post-independence elections have been marred by violence since 1980. So, Clement, if you can just come in there, you know, what, or how does one change this negative narrative? I mean, if we're not just looking generally on the African continent, but in Zimbabwe. Yes, we have seen that happening all over Africa, but it is worse in Zimbabwe because it has been largely tribalized. So I think Zimbabwe has held over seven elections, but every election there has been violence and the results of the elections have been contested. So these coming elections would be a disaster because, because ZANU-PF is going to write a, a, a script for those who are, who are contesting the elections. Now there are no reforms in the, this electoral institution. It's only the, the voters' roll. I think the, the, you see, when you check the voters' roll, you see people who died some 30 years ago, they still appear on the voters' roll. So I think there's a lot that should happen before the elections in the month. So it goes beyond just violence. I mean, there's also, you know, m- issues of uh, corruption and, you know, uh, maladministration and so forth, and maybe even uh, neglect. But Simbarashe, do we know who's being attacked? Uh, who is being targeted? And uh, what measures are in place to make sure that uh, this is dealt with? Simbarashe, can I get uh, your view first and then we'll come to you, said. Hello, can I come in? Yes, Simbarashe, please do come in. Yes, I was, I was saying that uh, before answering your question about who is being attacked, it's important to put into context that violence is inherent to Zimbabwean politics, and it's not a development of recent times and related to elections only. The colonial system sustained itself on violence. The nationalist parties, when they started organizing, competed against each other violently. And post-independence, ZANU-PF has sustained itself in power on violence. It is a common quotation that Robert Mugabe says, ZANU-PF has degrees in violence. So I think you want to contextualize the place of violence in Zimbabwean politics as permanent and ongoing. It doesn't just spur up on the eve of elections and dies down after elections. It is simmering continuously. There are spikes and valleys, but it's constantly there. So why? I said that your question is who is the target? The target is anyone perceived by ZANU-PF and ZANU-PF agents and activists as not being in support of Robert Mugabe and ZANU-PF. 
Well, according to the figures given by the Zimbabwe Peace Project, it's 94% of those attacks that are carried out by the ruling ZANU-PF party. So who's carrying out the remaining 6%? Is this by opposition parties or is this, you know, uh, unaccounted members of Zimbabwean society? Well, I, I haven't seen the report specifically, but I think 6% is statistically insignificant. 96% is almost 100% of every act perpetuated by ZANU-PF agents. Okay, but we are interested in finding out who the other 6% is. Clement, do you want to come in there? Who, who is the, you know, the other 6% perceived to be if 94% of the attacks are by ZANU-PF parties? Uh, I haven't seen the report as well, but now uh, I think I think this thing of violence in Zimbabwe has been entrenched in, in, in the Zanu PFS politics. So as Mugabe has been claiming that he, he has got more than seven degrees in in, in, in in violence. So this thing is going to be worse on, 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 when. Okay, so given the scenario, Josette, uh, if you can come in, given the scenario of this violence as well, can we say that the forthcoming elections will be free and fair in Zimbabwe? Let let me first indicate that uh, I think uh, it's uh, on a very small scale intra-violence where there is violence between or amongst people um, party activist ZANU-PF against ZANU-PF or MDC against MDC. Very, very minimal. It's not something which we can speak or talk uh, about. But the, most of the violence is uh, the state machinery, the ZANU-PF again against the perceived enemies. Uh, this is um, against trade unions, against political parties. Uh, and then to, to your question, I think um, as we move towards the elections, we are going to see more and more. Some of these incidents are not even reported uh, because uh, the minute you try to seek for redress, when you go to police station to report uh, violence, you are arrested. So we do have incidents of violence which go unreported because people don't even use the available structures to address their concerns. So we are likely to see more and more of this violent uh, approach by uh, the players as we move towards the election. And certainly talking about that intra-violence, I mean, we know there's a fight within the ZANU-PF between uh, Grace Mugabe, uh, Robert, President Robert Mugabe's wife, and the Vice President Emerson Mnangwa, uh, in terms of who will take over Robert Mugabe uh, if, you know, once he, he passes on. So that infighting and that intra-violence, I know you say it's not that much. It doesn't constitute much of the percentage when we look at the statistics. But how does it bode then for the ruling party to have that intra-violence? It must have an effect on Zimbabwean society. Uh, of course, uh, people are very worried. People are very intimidated. Uh, obviously, it um, means that uh, people are not able to exercise their votes. Uh, it suppresses uh, democracy. 
and um, um, obviously it promotes uh, the bigger picture of how violence is tolerated just across the country. Yeah, well, we're talking the politically motivated violence that's reportedly fled up in Zimbabwe here on African Dialogue. You're listening to Channel Africa with me, Asanda Mazzaunyane, talking to Clement Nube, chairperson of the alliance, uh, Mosi Owa Unya, and uh, Simbarashe Herbert Stanley Makoni, a Zimbabwean politician, as well as Juset Moyo, who is secretary general of the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions. Stay with us here on African Dialogue. We're going to take a short break. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. You're listening to Channel Africa from an African perspective. My name is Asanda Mazzaunyane, talking about the uh, politically motivated violence uh, which has fled up in Zimbabwe in recent months. No, so to, we know that uh, you know before the uh, today being the the start of the re-registration for elections, the President uh, Robert Mugabe made an announcement which which didn't sit so well with the Zimbabwean Election Commission, where uh, he you know made the proclamation uh, that implied that a total cut-off date for registration on the new rolls would be in place, even though the Electoral Act provides for continuous registration until 12 days after nomination day. So Simba. Russia, uh, today being the, the start of the re-registration, will this help uh, in terms of everything that's been going on in the, in the hula baloo around the Zimbabwean elections? At this stage, it's difficult to see what would make a positive difference uh, because the communication is very scant the Electoral Commission. The explanation of the proclamation is that the registration of voters needed to be located in the law and that government through the president needed to make that proclamation. But the underlying preoccupation of Zimbabweans, and particularly those of us in the process of making change in Zimbabwe, is that the environment for registration, accurate registration of all eligible voters in Zimbabwe is not conducive and the proclamation does not improve that environment at all. Clement, are there any other reforms that the commission, the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission, still has to grapple with? No, I, I think the to start with, I think the, the commission will not help us because it's it is, it is very sympathetic to ZANU-PF, and uh, they will not disqualify ZANU-PF when ZANU-PF will start in killing, arresting, harassing voters there. And uh, the, the biggest problem there is the military. 
security forces which are involved in, in politics. How so? All right, I think uh, Clement has got a bit of a challenge with his line there. Giuseppe, let's move on to talking about the other threat that has emerged uh, of the ZANU-PF youth uh, in fomenting violence prior and after the elections. Uh, and we know that President Robert Mugabe and his party last week dissociated themselves from the terror gangs that have resurfaced in terms of the ZANU-PF youth in some of the country's major towns and cities. How serious is this threat? All right, we we seem to have lost you, said as well. Simbarashi, I don't know if you heard that uh, uh, that question. Simbarashi, are you there? Okay, we seem to be having an issue with our lines. We're going to try and get a hold of our guests uh, as we continue to talk about the politically motivated violence that has fled up in Zimbabwe in recent months. Also, you know, moving now to the threats, so the perceived threats uh, of the ZANU-PF youth in uh, their involvement in violence and in terms of terror gangs that have resurfaced in Zimbabwe. Are you back with us, Giuseppe? Are you there? Yes, yes. I don't know if you heard that question or yes. you'd like me to repeat it. Yes, uh, I, I think um, uh, we need to understand that uh, over the years, uh, the stormtroopers uh, um, has been the war veterans. And there has been a fallout between ZANU-PF and the war veterans of late. And what you have seen uh, happening is that um, Gawe has fallen, uh, he has decided to en, uh, um, uh, embrace uh, the youth. Hmm. So the youth have become now the storm troopers for ZANU-PF. So we are likely to see more and more of these uh, gatherings where Mgabe is giving them uh, some assurances that they are supposed to uh, take pieces of land uh, in the municipalities. And uh, that's how he's rewarding them. And that's where we find the messages of we had uh, are being... Um, 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 uh, spoken about and um, it's likely that the youth are going to take a center stage in uh, spearheading uh, violence. So do you think then Mugabe is aware of uh, that in terms of, you know, because on the same breath he has urged its youth wing to deal with these gangs, these terror gangs that have resurfaced from these ANOPF youth. Is that maybe, a, 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 you know, a reaction to him to say that he is aware that there's a problem? I, I think the youth are just coming in because people who have been responsible before have decided to teach him these are the war veterans. The war veterans have been responsible for making sure that uh, the ZANU-PF wins the elections. Now the war veterans are no longer there. They are no longer supporting that view uh, because of the intra-fighting within ZANU-PF. So they are now taking aboard the, 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 the youth so that they become the people responsible for campaigning for ZANU-PF. I think it's about uh, who is supposed to be helping ZANU-PF now instead of being the war veterans, it's going to be the youth. So Mm. we see the youth uh, playing a very crucial role in the coming elections. Uh, Clement, can you come in there and add your view in terms of the the role that the the youth uh, is is going to play in, you you know, whether we have peaceful elections or not in Zimbabwe? Yes. We won't have the peaceful election as long as ZANU-PF is in charge. So now it's very true that Mugabe is now using youth because all veterans are, are, are looking somewhere else now. 
So it will be very, the youth will be very brutal and uh, I don't know I'm, I'm how to describe it because they are, those are, some are very small, are desperate for, for a living. So it's going to, to be worse in, in this coming election because it should be the last election for ZANU-PF. And Mkabe is aware of that, that this is the last election that ZANU-PF will contest because they are falling apart as a party. So, so what kind of legacy then do you think uh, Robert Mugabe will be leaving behind then when it comes to the electoral systems and the elections of, of Zimbabwe? Or is he, is he, is he you know, yes. thinking about that? Yeah, I think he's very worried because he's a man who has committed genocide in, in South Africa when the world looked away, when he was a surrogate party, when Zanopi was a surrogate party of the British. So they looked away. So now that thing is coming back to to um, to haunt him. That's why he, he is desperate. He is the way he, he will he will live. No us for himself in this world when it is past. His heart is falling apart. Josette, is it too little, too late for Robert Mugabe to change the legacy that he would be leaving behind when it comes to Zimbabwean elections? I, I, I don't see um, um, Mugabe changing um, course now. Uh, the way the, the old man has behaved over the years, I think he has done more atrocities, and uh, you will see he will continue to have um, this violence approach on the elections uh, so that he keeps his party in power. Um, this has been the trend, I think, uh, over the past uh, three decades or so. As Zimbabweans will recall that uh, in 1979 we had uh, the spear of the nation. Um, that was um, a youth belonging to um, Mzorewa. They smelted uh, into civilian life after our independence. Uh, but they were very violent also, like um, the ZANU-PF youth. So this uh, thing will just continue. And in the event that ZANU-PF lose elections, uh, they will just melt into civilian life. And uh, this culture... I will remain with the Zimbabweans that uh, anyone who is in power, when it decides or it discovers that um, power is slipping away, they turn into violence. It becomes a trend, it becomes a practice, it becomes a legacy. And uh, I think this is what we need to deal with. No one one is being punished for being violent. As I did indicate that uh, from the time of Mzorewa, people were being, being killed, uh, the Gugraundi people have been killed, and now people are being killed. No one is going to be punished for that. So there is no recourse for those who are on the receiving end. And uh, I think we are going to experience this uh, culture of violence going forward in the next decade or so. It's half past 11 Central African time here on Channel Africa. You're listening to African Dialogue discussing the politically motivated violence that has reportedly fled up in Zimbabwe in recent months. I'm Asanda Mazawinyane. Stay with us. Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the African Perspective. We broadcast from Johannesburg in South Africa and our main aim is to provide you with news, views, knowledge and entertainment from Africa to Africans and listeners from around the world.
Reporting for Channel Africa in Harare, Zimbabwe, this is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Diana Wanyonye in Mombasa. For Channel Africa, I am Kumbara Munjarere in Johannesburg. Channel Africa, Kinshasa, Jean-Noel Bamweze. Reporting for Channel Africa from Zambia, I am Hilda Kekelwa. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue with me, Asanda Mazzaunyane. Today, this is Channel Africa discussing the politically motivated violence in Zimbabwe. Simbarashe, you mentioned how violence pre-election or post-election in Zimbabwe is inherent to Zimbabwean politics. But who then uh, and, and what will it take for the narrative to be different? What will it take to curb this violence and, and even prevent it uh, moving forward? And who should spearhead that strategy? First, it takes a change of the purpose of doing politics because people are doing politics as a means of earning a living. That's what they live on. They take all measures to ensure that they retain power. When we start doing politics as a service to the people, not because that's how we put food on our table, even the practice of politics and its culture will change. It must start with the leadership. Those of us who are in the industry of making change in Zimbabwe are committing ourselves to a different service and agreeable culture of doing politics. So that is the first step. Those who enter politics must enter not because they are looking for a means of life. We must then inculcate among those who follow us the same culture of service rather than the culture of power and command. That is where we must start making the change. And by leadership you mean political leaders? All leaders, I'm sorry to say, because I said violence is pervasive to Zimbabwean society. There is violence in the churches, would you believe it? There is violence in sport. There is violence in civil society. So it's not just limited to politics, although it started with politics. So the leadership I'm talking about is the leadership across the board. Leading in society, leading in business, leading in faith and leading in politics, we must all eschew the culture of violence as a means of attaining and keeping position. Josette, another important facet of a, a free and, f- and fair election is the health of all institutions of government to promote uh, violence-free elections, uh, which I think Simbarash is, is touched on as well. Uh, but at the moment, they are compromised and they are not independent. What do you see the role of trade unions being in turning this around? We have been um, doing our best uh, over the years, uh, uh, in um, doing what we call civic education. So we um, encourage our people, uh, because our members are also community people, uh, to be in the forefront, uh, taking position in churches, uh, taking position in uh, community groups, and they preach this uh, uh, message of oneness, 
and uh, preach this message of um, people are supposed to respect each other, people are supposed to respect the law, uh, people should be able to be allowed to make their own choice. Uh, people are supposed to speak through the ballot box, not through violence. Um, I, I, I think uh, this is the message we share as a trade union because uh, we are community leaders, we are opinion leaders. Uh, it's the message which we are taking to the communities where we stay because we are also voters. We are also members of uh, various political parties. So we encourage our people. You recall that uh, uh, trade unions constituted a bigger number of local authority candidates. Uh, and uh, they also had uh, a bigger number of people who were members of parliament. So we do have an influential role in the communities. So we, we make sure that uh, this is the message we put across that um, let's uh, love one another. Um, we do have a slogan within the country that uh, uh, violence should stop, and this is what we are pushing ahead as a labor movement. Clement, are you echoing uh, the, the views there of Simbarashe and Giuseppe in terms of turning things around in Zimbabwean politics when it comes to violence? Yes, we, we, yes, we are saying violence must stop. Sadiq, even though Sadiq is a toothless dog, a dog must, but they must speak out as well and assist because the first family of Zimbabwe is largely a violent family. We have seen them in recent months attacking everybody, even our neighbor, even neighbors have been attacked by the, by the first family. It tells you that is the first family in Zimbabwe is violent. And uh, everybody, the most of ZANU-PF people are coping from their leaders who are violent in nature. So I think Sadiq and AU must speak out against this evil of, of evil violence in Zimbabwe. I think this will help. And what about the UN, Sambarashe, or are we not uh, looking to them for assistance? I think we are looking for assistance from all people, institutions, organizations of goodwill. And so to the extent that they can assist, it's welcome. But I want to make clear to Zimbabweans, it's their primary responsibility to make their change. It won't be changed for them by somebody else. Friends, neighbors can assist, but they won't make the change for us. Your closing remarks, uh, Giuseppe, on this matter. Sorry? Your closing remarks. Um, I, I think we have a big problem. In fact, uh, it is the Zimbabweans themselves who are supposed to come out of their shell and uh, fix their problems. Uh, we cannot uh, afford, I think, to skite the problem and uh, live within it. We have to do away with the violence character. Okay, Clement? Yes, so we are saying even though it is very difficult for Zimbabweans to come together as one, as one nation and, and fight because of Mugabe's rule that, that said that those who are inferior and those who are superior. But the violence must end. 
All right. Uh, thank, uh, thank you very much to all of you. Simbarashe, would you ever get back to uh, running for another pre- presidential election or are you done now for now? I am a political activist and I am working for change right now from any position, including the presidential office. All right. Well, thank you to uh, the three of you gentlemen for joining us here on African Dialogue. You're most welcome. It's a pleasure. Okay, thank, you. thank you very much. Well, you just heard the Clement Ngube, chairperson of the alliance Mosi Owa Unya, uh, Simbarashe Herbert Stanley Makoni, a Zimbabwean politician. He was also a candidate for the March 2008 presidential election, which was against uh, incumbent Robert Mugabe. Also, he was Minister of Finance and Economic Development in President Robert Mugabe's cabinet. That was from 2000 to 2002. And then Wellington, Ch- uh, uh, sorry, Juset Moyo, rather, sorry, who is uh, Secretary General of Zimbabwe. Congress of Trade Unions. That's our chat, talking about politically motivated violence, which has fled up in Zimbabwe. Stay with African Dialogue. I'm Asanda Matsaunyan.
Bye. 